Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is the Gospel reading. You may be seated. Today, as I mentioned before the service began, is historic, today is historically known as Rogate Sunday, or as I like to call it, Praise Sunday, based on the historic gospel reading of the Sunday. It is a Sunday where we ought to take time to consider what it is the Bible actually teaches us about prayer. One of the things that we might be tempted to ask is, if God already knows what we need, why should we pray at all? After all, Jesus himself tells us that the Father already knows what we need even before we ask. Well, there are two things to consider with this question. First, God has actually commanded us to pray. The second commandment is, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And this means that we should fear and love God so that we do not uh, curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by his name, but... Call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. Now, it's easy to reduce this commandment into not using God's name as a bad word. And while that is part of it, the, a misuse can happen also when we just don't use it at all. And this was actually the case among the ancient Jews who refused to use God's name even when reading the biblical text. So if they came across the name Yahweh in the text, they would insert something else and, and, or totally skip over it altogether. This is why the word Jehovah, which is a word you've probably heard, especially if you've watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in Latin, Jehovah starts with an I, you remember that part. Uh, that word actually comes from the fact that God's name, Yahweh, has a certain set of vowels in it, obviously. Well, the Jews modified the, the vowels in Yahweh's name in order that it would be pronounced Yehovah instead of Yahweh so that they wouldn't accidentally misuse God's name. But even worse than that, is when God's own people, the church, that is, the true Israel, when we don't have prayer as part of our daily habit in using the name of God. We ought to consider the command to pray just as serious as God's command not to have other gods or not to murder. For a failure to pray is a failure to keep God's commandments. But let's think about it from another side of the coin. If your dad gives you the keys to the car, does he expect you just to hang the keys on the hook by the door and just let the car sit in the garage all weekend? Of course not. He wants you to go out and he wants you to take it for a drive. God wants us to use his name to call upon him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. Consider what St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans under the Spirit's direction. He says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
This is the second part, then, to our answer to the question, why should we pray if God already knows what we need? God has made a promise to us with this gift of prayer that he would hear us. He hears us and he delivers us. Or as the psalmist writes in Psalm 50, God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. God's command to pray stands, but it also comes with a guarantee that he will hear and answer those prayers in the way that benefits us and our salvation. But then you might say, well, why would God listen to my prayers? I'm a nobody. My sins are so great that he can't possibly listen to me. Sure, he'll listen to a guy like Moses in our reading from Numbers today. He might listen to St. Peter, or he might listen to St. Paul. Maybe he'll even listen to the pastor. But dear saints, I want to turn that question back on you. Who are you? You are the children of God. You have been baptized into his name. In the waters of holy baptism, God has become your father, and Jesus has become your brother. The apostle St. John writes, But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, and see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. You have been made in his image, and his Son has shed his holy and precious blood to redeem you from sin and death forevermore. The true value of a thing is whatever the person buying it is willing to pay for it. This is why my mom told me not to collect things when I was a kid. She said, you know, it's not only going to be the value of whatever somebody pays for it. But you, dear saints, you are worth the precious blood of Jesus. You are precious in his sight. Your prayers are just as valid and as important to the Father as the prayers of the great saints who have gone before us, not only in ages past, but stretching all the way back into the Old Testament. Now, the last thing I want to say about prayer this morning has to do with the content of your prayers. One of the things that I often struggle with, and I actually spoke to the elders about this the other day, one of the things that I personally struggle with in my prayers is tending to be overly formal. Maybe you don't struggle with that per se, but I think the underlying need to be formal in prayer dissuades some people from praying at all. This comes, out of, this comes out when we're asked to pray in front of people. Have you ever been asked that, to, to pray in front of a group of people? For some, this might create a lot of anxiety. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with their hands or how to hold themselves with their body. Or similarly, have you ever been so buried in grief or worry that you don't even know what to say? when it comes to time to pray. I think ultimately, all of those things that need to be formal, 
that anxiety over praying in front of people or that not knowing what to pray out of a sense of grief, I think all of those ultimately come from the same concern. We're too nervous about the content of our prayer. When Jesus teaches about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, he criticizes the pagans for their use of many words when they pray. And literally, the Greek text there says that Jesus says that they are babbling meaningless words. That's where the word barbarian actually comes from. That the Greeks and the Romans thought that the barbarians, your ancestors, the Germans, were just saying ba, ba, ba when they spoke because they were speaking in gibberish. But the idea was that if they found the right combination of words or sounds, they could somehow manipulate God into action. And actually, this is the same kind of thinking that runs behind the casting of spells by those who recite magical incantations. Now, I'm not saying that when we go on and on in our prayers that we're trying to perform magic, almost as if we think we have to say the right thing to make God spring into action. But I think this is why we sometimes think we must be formal. That if we say the wrong thing, then maybe God won't listen. God won't respond in the way that he should. But I want to go back to something I just briefly touched on earlier. Jesus says that God already knows what we need even before we ask. We should not use that as an excuse not to pray, but Jesus does mean it as an encouragement for us to call upon God for help all the more. God is not looking for some perfect combination of words to force him into action. He has made you a promise that he already knows everything that you need, even before you ask it. When you struggle with prayer, be at peace, for God knows your needs. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This means, dear saints, that even as you struggle with prayer, maybe even to get out the simple prayer, Lord, have mercy, that you can rest in the sure and certain knowledge that the Holy Spirit is already bringing all of your cares and your concerns and your worries to the throne of God. And your God, who knows what you need even before you ask, he knows your hearts. And he is the one who listens to your prayers that you call upon him with. All of this, St. Paul tells us, is according to God's gracious will towards us. And so, dear saints... God has commanded us to pray, but he has also promised to hear you when you pray. Jesus has overcome the world and all the trouble that we face in it, 
And he alone has the power to grant all the things we ask for in prayer and to deliver us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputations. And finally, when our last hour comes, to bring us to himself in heaven. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia! In Jesus' name. Amen.